Welcome to the Honestly Podcast. Life is hard. There are so many moments of mess and mundane and misery, but you know what's worse than the hard moments of life? Doing them alone. But when we choose to do life together, the everyday moments of life turn into encounters with Jesus. At Honestly, we want to help you find the beauty of being real, the freedom of laughing at yourself, and the courage to initiate with people in your own communities. And honestly, it just doesn't get much better than that. Welcome back, everybody, to the Honestly Podcast, episode 21. That's right. We are officially old enough to drink. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we are starting out with an exciting announcement about our giveaway. Mm -hmm. We had a great giveaway, you guys. So again, a big thanks to Kathy Bouchong for providing some excellent, like, it was very, I liked the theme. Ellie picked out the stuff. Yeah, some of our favorite things, face masks, whatnot. So a big congratulations to Madison Williams. You have won all the good, delicious things. Not delicious. Laura. Water. I was like, wait, what did we give away? I mean, water is not delicious. I don't think we should fool the listeners into thinking that. Some good pampering things, I mean. So big congratulations, Maddie. It will be coming your way down in Charlotte, North Carolina here soon. So fun. Um, Yeah, well, last week we got to have our husbands on, which was really fun. It really was. It was actually fun. Yeah, it really was. And I feel like they were both well-spoken. So it's nice to know that they were going to do well regardless yeah, they weren't um, intimidated by the microphones. Yeah, maybe Gray was us, a little. Yeah, or know. us. Yeah, I know maybe we have were, quite a presence. We, do, we have yeah. quite a presence. But yeah, what was it like to have Grant here? Yeah, it was good. I think I expected to feel more like to just like wonder what the flow would be like. Yeah. And I actually thought it was great. I mean, the four of us hang out a lot, so it's we not do. like it was like who are these people? Yeah. Are you sure we want them I don't to feel know? Here. <laughs> so I think it was a lot. It was even better than I expected, yeah. to be honest, because I was like, oh my gosh, is, are we going to be? Are we going to flow here? Is everything going to be okay? Yeah. Are we going to be able to share? And I just thought we did, and I appreciated all their like very honest and like upfront opinions. So I thought it was fun. Totally. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I feel like you and Mark do stuff like this more often than Grant and I. So I think you guys were like very natural with each other and in the process. We've never done a podcast. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But I feel like we talk together. Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. And we're, uh, Mark and I are the ultimate debriefers. So I feel like we've debriefed a lot of life (laughs) together. So true. So true. So yeah, I thought it was really fun. Yeah. And I appreciated their honesty. Um, And yeah, I hope it was beneficial for people to hear. I agree. Honestly, from us. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll have them on again someday. But someday. No well, guarantees. We don't know. I mean, what other expertise do they have? Really? <laughs> other than being married yeah, to us. Exactly. Totally true. Well, we wanted to just reintroduce the topic to you guys in this series. And it is called The Life You Never Wanted and focusing on disappointments and mm-hmm. dealing with disappointments in our life. Um, we also just want to clarify the title a little yeah. bit. Well, I've told a couple people the title, and every time I say it, I feel like, whoa, drama. <laughs> the life you never wanted. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I think what our hope is behind that title is oftentimes in life, we encounter things that we wouldn't have signed up for on the front end. Yes, yes. Um, so it's like, obviously, I think we all experience gratitude and like, wow, I really grew from that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes it's okay to acknowledge, wow, this is really hard and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have chosen this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the heart behind the title. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, what are we talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about um, dealing with disappointments in waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of different seasons of waitings in our life and a lot of uh, different stages. And yeah. some can feel bigger than others. Some of it, it's just kind of like everyday stuff. And then other other things, there's like massive life questions yeah. and that we're waiting for the answer to. So in college, when you're waiting for an answer to what am I going to do with my life and mm-hmm. what am I going to study and who am I going to meet, friends or relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, post-college, you're thinking about what is life going to look like? What are my experiences going to be like? And am I going to live an adventurous life? Am I going to just plug in at a nine to five and that's it? Um, in marriage, sometimes, you know, you're waiting either to get married or maybe you're in a marriage. You're like, I'm just waiting for it to like, for everything to be perfectly glowing. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about last week, that's not, <laughs> that's not really possible, but, um, you know, there's just a lot of seasons in that. Or when you're growing a family and you're waiting to get pregnant and you're just hoping so badly for a baby, whether mm-hmm. through pregnancy or through adoption or through fostering, you know, you're just waiting waiting for, for you to grow a family. Yeah. Um, so every season of life, at least up to that point and beyond, of course, has has waiting. Or I think even mm-hmm. when your kids are grown and you're kind of waiting to see like, what's life going to look like when I'm retired? Yeah. And, and what kind of significance and purpose yeah. am I going to have when I'm in a stage that is, I'm not just caring for my kids all the time right. um, in my free time, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, there's a lot. Well, I even think there's waiting in... Um in the way we understand and make peace with hard things. Yeah. Things like illness mm-hmm. or um, broken relationships. Yeah. I often feel like a lot of my waiting is <clears throat> done in like, okay, yeah, I'm in it. We're making things work, but I really don't understand why. What's the point? Yeah. And I think yes. that question, what's the point, a lot of times is, is what is behind that disappointment. Yep. So, yeah, our hope today, we obviously – have only our limited experience of what we've gone through in our own lives. Um, But our hope is to kind of touch on, yeah, just the hope that we have Mm -hmm. um, in Jesus in these seasons of waiting. So to encourage you in that, but also to acknowledge there are just really hard questions and stages and seasons of life that we don't necessarily have cookie cutter, cut and dry answers for. Yep, that's right. Um, so that being said, you know, I think you touched on it a little bit, but I, I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit. Why is waiting so hard and why um, why do you feel like it has been so hard for you personally? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the answer that comes to mind right away is just how instant gratification our society is. Yes. Um, and I was even just thinking about Netflix. Oh gosh. I don't know why, but, um, (laughs) not like you ever watch. No. Um, (laughs) but just how, Oh, I'm watching the great British baking show right now. Oh yes. So good. So good. So Um, I'm salivating just thinking about it. And it's just so happy. So anyways, I'm watching it and it, all the other seasons I've watched all, like I've binged them. They Mm -hmm. were just already out. And the one I'm watching now, there's a new episode every week. Yeah. And I'm just, marveling at the fact that I'm impatient with that. <laughs> like, I want to watch it now. <laughs> Give it to um, me. Yeah, it's like very Veruca Salt. Is that her name from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, wow. That oh, was a good... I want Golden Goose now. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, impressed like, that you called back to that so quickly. <laughs> yeah, my girl Veruca. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. But but then I was thinking about how I feel like all over um, Psalms, when David is writing, yeah. he talks about waiting on the Lord all the time. Yeah. So it's kind of this funny thing where I definitely think our society highlights it. Yeah. But at the same time, I think having desires in our heart is a universal forever yes. thing, like ageless. Yes. Um, and I, I think, um, or timeless maybe, but we don't have, you know, that 
perspective that God has for us. So I think, yeah, I think seasons of waiting are hard because we think we know what's best. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we go after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So much harder to look at the bigger picture of anything. Yeah, I know. And we, I almost think we can't sometimes. Yeah. Like, we can trust that God has something good to come out of it. But yeah, <laughs> even that when we try, it doesn't always work. Yeah. What do you think for you? What's, what's hard about waiting? I think just this inability to deny myself mm. is, is what makes waiting so hard. Because if you think about it, like you're denying yourself in the midst of waiting, you're denying yourself like uh, that instant gratification mm-hmm. that you talked about. You're denying yourself something that you want yeah. or something is being denied to you mm-hmm. that you want. And I think what's hard is in my everyday life, I very rarely am denying myself stuff. I feel like I can indulge in whatever I might want. It's like you become an adult and you're like, I can do what I want, kind of. And obviously it's like you have responsibilities of job and friends and kids and stuff before you. But in a lot of ways, like if you want something, you get it. If you want food, you go into the drive-thru and you get yourself some food. Not that I'm saying I ever do that, but I'm just saying some people love drive-thru McDonald's and like they just go get it. No, but seriously, like I just feel like I will so rarely deny myself what I want Mm -hmm. because I... I don't make a discipline of that. Yeah. And so I feel like then when we're when we're placed into a situation where we're forced to wait because something outside of our control is limiting us or is is we're being denied something for whatever reason, it is so hard for us to sit in that because we don't practice it. We don't practice that discipline of waiting yeah. um, and of just saying, I'm going to wait for you know, if it's food related, whatever, I'm just going to wait for a better option. That's more healthy when I get home mm-hmm. or I'm going to. Do you have food to... on your mind right now? <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> I don't even want to talk like about it. I you just need to acknowledge that you're doing Whole30 Dang right it. Now. No, I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I am. I'm... Embarrassing. Dang it. I seriously want a cookie so bad right now. Day 21, 22. You're close. I know. I'm so close. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But it's yeah. Out there and so it's like done. if you want <laughs> cookies. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Okay, so anyway, but you do I I just don't deny myself anything. I have totally. denied myself a lot of stuff the last 3 weeks and yeah. it has been really hard and it's been a spiritual lesson mm-hmm. for real of just like, whoa, what is it like to just wait for the things that we want mm-hmm. when it is within our own control? And what is how can we kind of invite God into that? Yeah. You know, so it just is I was it's just hard. I didn't mean to call you out, but <laughs> but like it's it, done. I feel it's like done. it was necessary. <laughs> Um, but I was listen. I was listening to um, the Craig Rochelle podcast, yeah. which I just love. It's all yeah. about leadership, and it's just really interesting. But he was interviewing. Um, his name is Rich Froning, <laughs> and what he's a name. the CrossFit like oh. champion. He's won it years and years and years, and I think now he does group competitions. Okay, you know, I'm speaking from my very limited experience with CrossFit. <laughs> you did it once. <laughs> I did it once. I was hospitalized later that day. Um, <laughs> Extreme back spasms. <laughs> that's so, that's so perfect. So me, yeah. Um, yeah, so I did it that one time. But this guy, I mean, he's a beast. I mean. Oh, I can only imagine. Incredible. But one of the things he talked about on it was just the importance of mental fortitude. Hmm. And how just so many people can be incredible athletes, but they don't win these competitions because Mm. the mental strength isn't there. Yeah. And I feel like that's what you're talking about. This, like, we never are saying, like, I'm going to wait to get that. I'm going to save up to buy that. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to, like, you know, suffer through my kid whining and not let them do this or that because I know in the long run it'll be worth it. So I just feel like we don't, 
I think you're totally right. We don't engage with that very yeah. often. Yeah. And I think it does in those moments where you are forced to wait on an answer or on something you want. Um, or yeah, just for life to come together in the way you're hoping. We just aren't used to that. Yeah. So I think it really puts us in a place where we feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a great point. So yeah, I mean, obviously a big piece of this is faith, I think, mm-hmm. and we want to address that. So for you in those seasons, how has faith intersected with waiting? Yeah, I think in waiting seasons, something that I can really easily feel is just I can feel ignored by God mm-hmm. um, and just that like my desires don't matter as much. Um, I, I also think even more so than maybe feeling ignored is that I just pity myself and I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, woe is me before God and like as if that's going to win me anything. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, God, see how sad I am right now? Yeah. I'm so sad to be waiting on this or that. And like, don't you see me? And like, but in a very, um, like a bratty way, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, I deserve this. And so it's I- like that entitlement kind yes, of. Yes, like entitlement just comes into it. And I feel like I get like that with God of just like, haven't I had enough sadness in my life mm-hmm. in previous seasons? Like, why is this happening? Because mm-hmm. it's like, obviously waiting can make you feel- it's, it can be depressing. It can be, and I mean that in the most serious way, like yeah. it can be depressing to wait. It can be mm-hmm. so heavy and sad. And so in times where I feel like I've waited for something, yeah, I can just kind of pity myself yeah. um, and kind of be like, everyone has what I want and I feel sad about it. So I think I just struggle to believe always that God in those moments, because his desire is to just be with me and mm. for me to know him um, and to be known by him, mm. I think I just forget that God just wants to sit with me in that and say, I hear you. Yeah. Like, I, I hear you in your waiting and I love you yeah. and I will sit with you in your tears, in your frustrations, mm-hmm. in your sadness, in whatever you're feeling you can bring it to me and I can handle it. Um, and I, I, I think I just struggle to believe that that's what God wants and that that is the most loving thing that he could do and wants to do for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's tough for me. It yeah. just, I, as with anybody, waiting is hard, but I feel like that, remembering that God just wants to sit with me and that yeah. he, he, he has compassion in the waiting, even if he can control all of it and could take it away in an instant, yeah. he has compassion in the midst yeah. of it. And I, I forget that. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, hard to remember, I think. Totally. Yeah. What about you? What is, where does that intersection come for you of faith and waiting? Um, yeah, I probably tend to be, um, I'll do this if you do this, which uh, I don't think I knew. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as I get older, I realize I'm more, um, what's the word for that? Like rewards based kind sure. of? Like yeah. It, it's a little this, bit transactional. And... Transactional. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. Um, so yeah, I think, I think I have a tendency to do that. Hmm. And I think, um, I think you can pull that off when you're a kid because yeah. it's, fairly easy to be good yes and it's like it's how we discipline sometimes with our kids of like well if you do this then this this good thing will happen a positive and I do that all the time I think um but yeah I think the way I interacted with God for a long time probably until college was very like I'm doing good things life will be good totally zippity doo you know, yeah, like, just yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> and then I think the further in, and I wouldn't even say I've had a terrible amount of trials, but I think just even mm-hmm. as I watch close friends walk through really, you know, insanely difficult things, you yeah. start to realize like, oh, this is not attached to yeah. their behavior. Yeah. <laughs> like that suffering and hardship has, doesn't have to do 
uh, with disobedience necessarily. You know, certainly we bring hard things on ourselves sometimes, but often I think that's just the way life Mm -hmm. goes. Like life, things are broken. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we undergo hard things. So yeah, I think I, I tend to be more transactional and I'm trying to just help myself be more honest with that. Like, why are you acting this way? Why did you wake up early and do a Devo this morning? (laughs) Are you wanting to actually sit and just be with God, um, learn about him, those sorts of things? Mm -hmm. Or are you hoping to get something out of it? Absolutely. And it's funny how I just like, we kind of hope it's even just that day. Yeah. You know know. what I mean? Like, well, if I do this, yeah, if I just just do it today, it'll happen in this afternoon. You know, if I do this good thing and God sees how like, how much I'm trying, yeah. then this will happen. Totally. Yeah. I think it helps to be more honest about that stuff. Yeah. So, okay, obviously this um, episode is about disappointment. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the question with the disappointment that you have to answer is what sort of expectations um, are you bringing into something hmm. um, that then cause disappointment? Like yes. you're not getting what you want. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. I think I often have the expectation that I, back to the entitlement thing, that mm-hmm. I just deserve something. Mm-hmm. And so because I've gone through X, Y, Z, then I deserve this in whatever situation. Like if it's, um, like I can think of, like I had, when I was like younger, we shared about the one girl who said the mean thing yeah. to me that one time. But when I was younger, I just had some friendship issues. Mm-hmm. And I remember like when, whenever I would have something like that happen later on in my adult life, I was like, didn't I already go through this? Like, yeah. I, and I'm waiting for a better, like a good friend or like, I feel like in college, it's, you remember those just first, at least I experienced that first year, you're just kind of, you just feel like you're trying on yeah. a lot of relationships totally. and then you're waiting for the one to fit. And I remember yeah. being like, in that moment, I just remember being like, gosh, haven't I gone through enough hard yeah. friendship stuff? And like, can I just like settle in? Um, and so kind of, I feel like for me, I just get into, it's a bratty thing. I feel yeah. like that my expectation is normally, I just want life to go smoothly, as does everyone. Um, but I feel like often I deserve that because, yeah. oh, I've already experienced sadness here. So bring me just something happy and joyful here. Um, so yeah, it just feels like I, I I feel disappointed sometimes like in God in those moments, mm-hmm. but then I just get disappointed in myself. Yeah. Of like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, why can't I just sit and, and watch God do what he's going to do? And instead of like thinking I deserve something, just watch in a, in kind of an awe filled way, just watch God play something yeah. out. Um, so yeah. Well, and I think the more you interact with scripture, I think the more you see those things mm-hmm. and just how, um, uh, yeah, joy and satisfaction. We've talked about this before, but joy and satisfaction is available now. Yeah, and I think that's so hard for us to remember. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what you see when you read the Book of Job, and you mm-hmm. see Job suffer and suffer and suffer, yeah. and, and constantly choose yeah. to have joy exactly. and satisfaction in God. Exactly, and that choice of saying. I'm waiting and I'm sad about it, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna acknowledge that, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to choose to respond with joy. Yeah, and it's like, what? Uh, what? So <laughs> like, counterintuitive. So counterintuitive, and feels. I, I used to think that it was really naive. Yeah. Of just like, how naive would I be, or would someone be, to be mm. so joyful? Like, like, can't you see this is such a sad situation? Yeah. And instead, you're trying to be happy about yeah. it. And instead of realizing, like, they're not happy about the hard situation of waiting that they're mm-hmm. in, they're just choosing joy, yeah. and that is. That that is so, uh, like that to me is is the most like respectable to the Lord thing that I feel like you could probably do mm-hmm. to say 
I'm going to keep choosing this. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to share. I feel like you've given a lot of thought to this and, and Ellie writes really beautifully. If you've never gotten to see her write, she writes really beautifully and honestly. Um, and you wrote actually a little bit on this. So I, did, yeah. I would love to just, if you're willing to share some of that, sure. um, I just think it'd be really awesome and people would really benefit from it. Yeah. Well, background is I just wrote this essay um, a couple, I guess in the spring I mm-hmm. wrote it, um, but I had just passed what would have been my due date from that miscarriage. Yeah. Um, and I had just like an emo- emotional breakdown <laughs> in, okay. in my bedroom with yep. my kids watching. So uh, just in kind of processing it, I wrote about it. So this is kind of the middle excerpt. Perfect. Excerpt. Um, okay. So I'm talking about the months of us trying to get pregnant and not getting pregnant. So I wrote, those months consistent of a lot of bargaining. Give me the baby and I'll seriously stop going to Starbucks so much. No, literally God, give me the baby and I swear I'll start waking up at six every morning to meet with you. Maybe if I make myself eat an egg every morning instead of Lucky Charms, I'll get the baby. (laughs) Some days I sound like the scary saber-toothed tiger from Ice Age. I want that baby, Diego. Watch out for the crazed lady eyeing all the babies on the street. She might not be stable. Mm. After then, or after that, I moved from the bargaining stage uh, to apathy, which worked really well. All the bad habits went through the roof since I was pretending I didn't care. I'll eat this cookie and I'll eat three more because seriously, I don't care when I get a baby. Whenever is fine. I'm happy. Look at me eating this cookie. Look how happy I am. I don't think anybody bought that act. And then rolled in the pregnancy announcement. And the next one, and the next one. Something is seriously in the water around here. People are procreating at an alarming rate. The first couple were no big deal. Those people were just having babies when I wanted to have a baby, and I'm sure I'll be pregnant soon, so no big deal. But then the months passed, and the pregnancy announcements felt more and more like a slap on the face. Friends I had talked through the pain of waiting got their baby, and the friend who was all done having kids accidentally got another baby. And there I sat, alone on my bed, crying hysterically, coming face to face with what I was actually feeling. Deep, deep longing and sadness. All of a sudden, my daughter, Hadley, stands up and yells, Hey, get me out of this tub so I can come over and wipe your tears. I laugh, kind of embarrassed by my behavior, but also touched by her words and I get her out of the tub. She cups my wet cheeks in her wet hands and wipes the tears away. She just sits. She has no words, just tender hands and a knowing gaze. I just receive the comfort and I think of how perfectly she's embodying Jesus's heart for me in that moment. No cliche phrases that diminish what I'm feeling, no inspiring speeches about the resilience waiting brings, no pitying glances or diverted eye contact, just complete and total willingness to be still with me. I imagine that's how Jesus feels towards us in our waiting and our longing. He hurts with us, he longs with us, he waits with us, he wipes every tear. He looks us straight in the eye and chooses to walk through the moments of bargaining, apathy, frustration, grief, and pain with us. My tears start to subside and I feel full of that peace that only comes when you're completely exposed and realizing all over again that he sees you and knows you and wants you still. Mm. So yeah, there's more to it, but yeah. that's Ellie, that's awesome. Chart. I just like, I mean, obviously I have to like in the middle of that sweet Hadley's moment with you. I, I just feel like that you capture that so perfectly, that, that feeling of 
of waiting, of bargaining, of wanting something, and the way that, I mean, your daughter just in this sweet way, yeah. like, just reminded you, like, yeah, you can feel all those things, and I'll just sit with you. I'm just being, yeah. that is exactly what the Lord does. Yeah. Um, and just love, I don't know, I love your heart behind what you wrote. I think you wrote it so beautifully. Thanks, I think it's going to connect to a lot of just how people feel in all seasons of waiting, but especially when you're wanting so badly to mm-hmm. grow a family. Yeah. Um, so I just appreciate you sharing that, yeah. that piece Happy of just your to. story and your Happy heart to. on the podcast here. Hey friends, it's time for Let's Be Honest, the segment of our show where we take a break from our episode topic to talk life hacks or things that are kind of the worst and how to make them better. Enjoy! All right, let's be honest. Let's. Good TV is hard to find. Oh, it is. There's a lot of crappy TV out there. (laughs) Do you have a solution? (laughs) Yes, I do. I actually already said it earlier on the show, but the Great British Baking Show. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love it. It is good. It's a calming show to watch. It is. Those accents. They're happy. They're happy. Um, I watch it with Hadley. Oh, nice. And teach her the phrases that they say. (laughs) That's so awesome. Then she asked me to read books in a British accent, which I always want to do. Yeah. She usually doesn't let me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I just... I feel like you're probably so good at it, so why wouldn't she want you to do I it? I have been practicing in the car for years, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so... Did you ever, when you were younger, like, meet a boy and, like, pretend to have an accent so that he would be, like, <laughs> intrigued by you? I'm not saying I ever yeah, did that, you but, know, like... Um, I don't think I was ever bold enough to do that, but I'm sure I, like, imagined well, that. I totally did did it at camp and I just thought I was like so funny so but would like have an accent hello, hello. <laughs> so awesome I'm from I don't know some I place I don't know any towns in England <laughs> no yes so if you're not watching that show you need to watch it it's so good it, it makes you good. hungry it makes you want to yeah. like create things with your hands yeah it's also a good um palate cleanser tv show yeah. you know if you've watched something that you're like that was heavy and <laughs> a little much yeah then you could just go watch the great british baking the great show british baking show it's so good check it out <laughs> on okay. netflix cheerio cheerio <laughs> So now just kind of thinking practically about, you know, seasons of our life that we have had to experience waiting. Um, you know, Ellie share, has shared a lot of her story of growing a family. And then there's also been other seasons of waiting for you. Um, so, yeah, I would just love to hear a about a time that you feel like has tested you because you had to wait for something mm-hmm. and wait on the Lord. Yeah. Well, one time that I think of is at the end of seminary when we were trying to decide where to go next. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were living in Colorado um, we were both working at a church together. I did like worship and creative arts piece of things. And then Mark ran the youth group and college ministry and all sorts of things. Um, and it was a really hard, yeah, hard, 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 uh, place to work. Yeah. Um, you know, there were very refining things about it. Mark is always like eternally optimistic when he looks back at things. So he remembers it very fondly, but it was, it was hard, I would say, um, on me. So, in the midst of that season, uh, we kind of had, we could stay at that church if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And Mark was leaning that way. We were also applying to other jobs um, in Denver where my sister and Mark's brother and sister-in-law both lived. We were applying to jobs here in the Chicagoland area and then had kept our eyes open for jobs like in the Boston area where Mark's parents lived. Um 
But I remember I remember reading back on a journal entry from like October of his final year of school. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is just like, I don't know how to be patient in this. Hmm. I cannot stay at this church. Hmm. But I know that this needs to be a process. And Mark and I need to get on the same page. And we need to make a decision together. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, <laughs> I feel like God just really provided patience for me. <laughs> um and yeah, I just I just feel like there was something about that season that hearkened back to other seasons of life where I hadn't responded that way and I had been forceful and I had been, you know, passive aggressively like we are not going to do that. Yeah. Um and yeah, for some reason this process just really unfolded in a really beautiful way, I think. And God kind of like aligned Mark and I's hearts mm. and vision for what was next for us. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, he ended up getting this great job here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of committed to this, you know, season of life where we we're having more kids and, um, you know, just hoping to be near parents and ended yeah. up near my parents who are so wonderful. Mm-hmm. We've been living with them for five months now and <laughs> <laughs> truly they are wonderful. <laughs> the process continues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Waiting for a house, uh-huh. etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I think back on that season and think just how good God was um, to make it a season of waiting that felt unifying. When I think a lot of times waiting can bring to the surface like our own selfishness. Yes. Um, And I I mean, for Mark, I I was like, I knew I wanted to marry Mark Hmm. month one. (laughs) It took him longer, which it took him two years, which is not that long, but I was... It's kind of a long time compared well, to a month. in college. Yeah, I guess. You know? I but guess. yeah, the extra year and 11 months felt hard on me. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, you know, it was a hard choice for me to leave Wheaton and go to yeah. Colorado. Yeah. And I just feel like through those past experiences, God just always really showed himself to be faithful hmm. in where he ended up you know, in where we ended up. Um, and I think ministry can be a really hard field, um, to do this in. And it has the potential to be isolating, I think, because there's, you know, things that have to stay private and, um, it's a, you know, your church is your workplace, but it's also the place where you're growing spiritually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I just feel like we had been through enough of those seasons kind of where ministry was hard, where we just felt like we need to find somewhere, where we can thrive and yeah. just grow spiritually. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's so many things were learned from that. Totally. And so many mis- mistakes were made previous to that and through it. But I think at the same time, God was just really good to kind of unify us. Yeah. Which we talked about that last week is not Mark and I's natural bent to yes. be on the same page. Yeah. So there's just so much grace in that yeah. from God to just be like, I know you don't have any answers right mm-hmm. now, but I'll at least bring you guys together in mm-hmm. the midst of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so important. Yes, totally. And I think that's that's kind of when we left Colorado, we had this feeling of like, we both believe that we can find Jesus anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um whether that's like Mark loves new and exciting places mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. is less new and exciting. For <laughs> I, him. I can't imagine why you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I think for him having this feeling of like, I can find life and joy yeah. and meaning yeah. in a place that I didn't want to live hmm. and me coming off a season in Colorado where I was resistant hmm. um, and feeling like God went above and beyond, like yeah. met 
you know, you. Thank you. One of my best friends, met a whole incredible group of women that we're just still so tight with. Yeah. Um, had so many just meaningful times with our family that lived out there that yeah. we treasure. So, um, yeah, I, I just feel like those are kind of those beautiful outcomes from waiting and mm-hmm. weathering those things as you see God's faithfulness in them. Yeah. And you just think like, oh, I'd never give that back. Totally. I'm so thankful for it. Totally. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. kind of the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. How about for you? Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, the thing that comes to mind is uh, about like two, two and a half years ago, Grant and I were in the midst of trying to decide if we were like going to have another kid. We had had Tucker. Um, I have always been like, yeah, two to three kids, two to three kids. Um, And for Grant, it just took a lot longer of a process. Mm -hmm. We didn't share about this last week, but when we were right before we got engaged, literally when we were driving to go see my family (laughs) for him to talk to my dad about like asking me to marry him. We went on this long road trip and we talked about kids and he was like, I don't know if I want kids <laughs> literally on this road trip to us. Go- and <laughs> I, a real casual I know. Bond. And yeah. honestly, like, I mean, I, it wasn't even a question in my mind whether or not he would actually like want kids. It hadn't come up in previous conversations. I just assumed he would want kids. Um, and so it, it was, I mean, it was a tough car ride <laughs> and, <laughs> and we, we worked it out. We talked it out. It was very much kind of this realization of like him being like, I just don't want kids right now. I'm like, yeah, me neither. Like we're young. I don't want kids kids yet I just want kids in the future and so we talked out we obviously have two kids now it's great um but but in the midst of that so we have our first and he's about 18 months old and I just start having this longing for another kid um and Grant was just not on the same page with me um and I feel like we went through a long period of like trying to figure out how do we how do we do this how do we like I'm saying that I would like another kid um I he's like unsure and on the fence and we're like throwing out so many ideas of like well do we have another biological child do you want to adopt are we going to step into fostering like just all this we just had all these like questions we could not get on the same page with it Mm -hmm. so we talked a little bit last week about you know we went to counseling got a lot of uh we were able to just kind of go back to like some of the basics of our relationship and then in the midst of that able to talk then more clearly about what we wanted as a family So then fast forward about, you know, five or six months, um, at the end of that summer of 2017, um, I got pregnant and I, it was, it was great. It was like, we were really excited. Um, and then after about four weeks, so I was about eight, eight weeks along, um, and I actually had a miscarriage. Um, it was super confusing, Mm -hmm. a really, um, just a really a very confusing time. It was obviously a child that we wanted, so it wasn't confusing. Like, it, it it was confusing because we had waited so long to finally get on the same page, and then we wait another, you know, four weeks for that like really longed after eight week appointment, and this happens like mm-hmm. two days before my appointment, right around my birthday, just all like right yeah. right after my thirtieth birthday, just all a very very confusing time of life. Um, so the miscarriage happens, obviously a lot that you can we can process there in the midst of that waiting. Um, but then we had to wait to start trying again. You know, physically you have to stop you have to stop and wait a little bit, but we also had to wait because we had this big event the following summer um, that we were going to go to. Mm-hmm. And so we had like, you know, the timing thing of like, well, we can't get pregnant now because if we do, then we can't go to this thing. And anyway, so we were like trying to time it out. So there was this like three month time period where we just had to wait before we could start trying. And every, like every month that I, you know, that we had 
that we had to like, you know, hold off on trying and that like I, you know, was reminded, hey, you're not pregnant. You're not pregnant. You're not pregnant. You lost this child. You're not 16 weeks long. You're not whatever. Like it was, it just felt devastating. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in counseling almost like weekly (laughs) during that time because it was just such a heavy, it was just such a heavy season. And I just remember in the midst of it feeling paralyzed by the waiting and just feeling so, so overwhelmed by this this idea that we had to wait to start trying. And I was like seriously looking to blame anybody mm-hmm. for that. And I felt like I was not only trying to blame someone for the miscarriage, I was also just trying to blame somebody for the fact that we chose to wait. Um, and my counselor started like really talking to me of like, you know, you are choosing this mm-hmm. to wait. You didn't choose to lose this baby, but you are choosing to wait now. And so these are two different things. And, and I felt like, it was this weird thing to be in the midst of a waiting season where it was both my decision and not my decision. Yeah. And and feeling like, well, what what propelled me into this waiting just like waiting season was not my decision. I did not <laughs> like I did not want that. I did not want to lose that child. Um and just being so yeah, I think paralyzed is a good word that I had for it of like I don't know how to feel. So tried to like shift blame in a lot of ways, tried to punish myself for what happened, like just had such an unhealthy response initially. And now when I look back on it and I see like how how God, in a similar way with what you were talking about, how God unified Grant and I in the midst of that was so awesome. And had we not gone through all the stuff of trying to decide like, hey, do we want another kid? Is this going to be something that's part of our life? And seeing how God just like met us there and molded our marriage even closer and even helped us walk through such a season of sadness and mm-hmm. loss and say like, I... I'm going to uplift this marriage in a really difficult time. I feel like was a was a process in our waiting I didn't anticipate. I think I just anticipated it being divisive and frustrating and mm-hmm. us feeling these separate sadness and not knowing how to meet each other. But we just, we did. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's totally just God's grace in the midst of hard seasons. Um, and yeah, there's just a there is a a beauty to the people that I feel like he brings in two seasons of waiting and yeah. that when you are in your in really low points and feel very paralyzed by it because it feels so out of your control I love seeing how God how God just brings people and and reminds reminds you of just his presence with you in the midst mm-hmm. of that um and it was it's tough waiting yeah. <laughs> waiting is just it's just so so hard um in any season of life and I feel like I feel like we both have had, you and I both, it's just cool to see how in the midst of it, God spoke such tender things yeah. to us um, through people, through situations that we wouldn't have experienced yeah. if we weren't actually in the process yeah. of waiting. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Laura. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I think what we want to leave you with is just kind of read some verses over you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wherever you find yourself waiting, um, I just think of lots of people that we know um, some in seasons of looking for meaningful jobs, mm-hmm. some in the process of um, longing for deep relationships, some in a season of singleness, um, hoping to meet a spouse. Some people, um, you know, in seasons of trying to figure out how to resolve really unfathomably difficult parts of marriage. Um, some of you waiting to be released from sin issues that have just plagued you um, for years and years. Uh, some people who are just waiting to be freed from illness, um, whether that's anxiety or depression um, or a physical illness. Um, some of you are probably in seasons of wanting to grow your families. 
um, or grieving the loss um, of a pregnancy or a child. Um, There are just so many different places where I think we find ourselves waiting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just... I just hope you, um, listeners, <laughs> walk away from this feeling like God sees me, mm-hmm. God knows me, and he wants me still. Mm-hmm. Um, so Laura and I are just going to read a couple of verses, and that'll be it. Psalm twenty-seven, thirteen through 14. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient and kind. Psalms 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Isaiah 46, 4. I am he, I am he who will sustain you, I have made you, and I will carry you, I will sustain you, and I will rescue you.